From the nearest comic book to the farthest cinematic universe, journey into the past, present, and future of your fandom. This is Meanwhile. This is Meanwhile. This is Meanwhile. Twenty-two pages later, with your hosts, the Cap, MFG, and Ralph the Tech. Please stand by. I wish we had a song that we all could agree to that we could use to play as a lead-in. You know, like a ragtag team of space warriors. So I guess ours would be like an old four-button iPod, right? Uh, I'm modern. <laughs> laser disc. <laughs> laser disc. On a mini disc player. Oh, my gosh. All right, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later, episode 239. I'm one of your hosts, The Cap. And with me, as always, is the man who would probably fight in space to David Bowie. He is Mike, also known as MFG. There's a star man. Yes, I would. What? I thought that's exactly <laughs> the song you would rock to. Of course. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> um, I see you more of as a space oddity. Kind that's of also great. Right. That's also a great one. But I'm also in a good mood because I got to see the Mad Heidi trailer today, so I cannot wait. The what? It's it's a, a just an over-the-top, ridiculously comic gory of Heidi from it's like a Swiss it's, they call it a Swiss plantation oh, movie that Heidi yeah that oh, Heidi, that Heidi. Yeah, it's okay. that Heidi so it's called mad Heidi because uh somebody some I think some cheese baron takes over Sweden or Switzerland or something like that and it's this this authoritarian place and you know her lover gets blown up and so she you know decides to take them out one at a time uh, Heidi okay <laughs> wow yes I'm looking forward to that Anyway, <laughs> I know what you're all here for, so here it is. I'm going to give you a horror movie and thrillers where black people live till the end. That's not named Heidi. Yeah. <laughs> it's a premise so unbelievably powerful. It's the seventh Infinity Stone. Oh. That's powerful, I'm telling you. It's black. That's crazy. <laughs> it's black. That's why they couldn't find it in space for so long. Oh. <laughs> and then it smiled. Oh, my <laughs> Just for the audience, Mike is black. Not that that would matter, but just making sure people were like, oh my goodness, M22. No, we're good. Go ahead, Mike. Anyhow. Alrighty, as you should know by now, I'm going to give you a description, and it's a pretty good description of a movie, as opposed to the other ones that I made harder for you, but you have to give me the name of the actor and the name of the movie. So here's the description. Geraldine is a convict on work release employed at a boarding house overrun by the undead and the collector demanding a key. One more time for you hoes at home. Jerry Lean is a convict on work release employed at a boarding house overrun by the undead and the collector demanding a key. Oh yeah, this one's going to be rough. So let's just see if some people out there <clears throat> can figure out this one. Well, what you'll hear after the quick, quick news. Well, first off, I really feel good about the past couple of times. Don't feel good about this one, but no. we'll see. Because after the quick news, usually I feel more educated. Or I look up Google. <laughs> and our other illustrious host is the man who would probably be bumping to either Childish Gambino or Kid Cudi as he defends the universe. He is RT Squared Ralph the Tech. Oh, yeah. Always in the pursuit of happiness while drink, uh, while listening to Redbone. Come on. Apps, well done. I remember that. me and you were bumping to that. I forgot where we were driving. But... It doesn't matter. It's always, we just always drive. That's right. <laughs> Life is just an endless drive. 
Wow. Speaking <laughs> of endless drives, so the other day I was driving in my car, and out of nowhere, this just portal opens up, and my car ends up. Where is he with all these portals? <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm like a portal magnet. Never That's during the podcast. No. Always, always with, we're always not there. somewhere else. I, this, he's got more portals than the game portals. Yes. <laughs> right. Hey, oh and my the cake, gosh. it wasn't a lie. Nah, true. <laughs> um, so I, I just I just end up in this mythical, magical world where there's like shapeshifters and wizards and like really weird dark lords and stuff. It, it was kind of crazy. And right as I was about to be thrown back into the portal because I was way too cool to be in that world, a thought occurred to me. The difference between a hippo and a zippo is that a hippo is really heavy and a zippo is a little lighter. Oh, gosh. Huh. You know, I'd put you halfway through that portal and close it. Huh. You know, they tried that, but it just, it, it, it wouldn't take. It wouldn't take. It was, it was one of those where, like, it was like safety precautions to, in place where they couldn't close it all the way if someone wasn't through yet. I see. Yeah. We've been together for so long, and I still wonder how that brain works. <laughs> Listen, uh, doctors keep trying to pay me to donate myself to science while I'm still alive. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, we need to study your brain. And I'm like, I'm still using it. We don't care. We want to see what's going on. And I'm like, oh, they just want to see if you have one. That's, that's, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a high uh, payoff that there isn't one. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right, everybody. All right. So on this. Schrodinger's brain. <laughs> <laughs> for, for those who get it, if you know, you know. <laughs> on this episode, we're going to discuss the third installment to the Marvel franchise that is coming to an end, but does it hit all the right notes? We will discuss this and more as we discuss the Marvel Studios production of Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. But first, Mike sent me a note saying, hurry up and introduce me before I throw a fit. Unfortunately, this impatient douchebag didn't realize it was yesterday. So here he is, Mike and his quick news. And now, the quick news, brought to you by MFG and Ralph and Cap. And that quick news intro was brought to you by Fear. Fuck everything and run. <laughs> that, that's definitely me in a horror film. <laughs> what were you running on? Fear, literally. <laughs> Followed by a brown trail. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> that's, me mon that's me moving, not anything behind me. <laughs> that's, I mean, you're, you're preceded by a long trail. Oh, goodness. Yeah, to explain the joke. All right. So, Mike, what you got, us, what you got for us for quick news? Um, eh, nothing overly interesting, but it's something to fill the news. Death? No. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> what kind of morbid people are you? Jesus. Listen, we've been hurt before, Mike. 239 episodes. I think I know what to expect. Well, not today. Okay, good. All righty. In a surprise to fans, the long-running FXX animated series Archer is coming to an end after its 14th season. What? Oh, yeah. As a surprise to me, I thought the series was canceled five years ago. <laughs> that's, that's not a joke. Wow. <laughs> I was really shocked when I saw it was ending. I'm like, again? Um, anyhow, Archer's final run will see Lana at the helm of the agency, trying to turn a profit while saving lives despite her inept operatives. The main cast and voice actors will return along with Natalie Dew as the gang's new super agent, Zara Khan. Ooh. Archer season 14 will premiere on August 30th. First off, I'm with Mike in regards to I didn't know that it was still on. I didn't think it was canceled, but I couldn't tell you what season it was. It was. I can't believe there's been 14 of them. I'm like, if someone asked, I would have said uh, maybe eight to nine maximum, but I didn't realize there had been that many. 
and, and I think three of those seasons, Archer was in a coma. <laughs> I do remember him being. Yeah, that's right, because he had the the the. the Detective agency, then they were like on a safari type thing or something like that, or Mystery Island. And like a space one, too. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, I didn't, I stopped, it took me forever to watch the uh, Private Eye one. Even though it was funny parts, it just didn't grab me to make me sit and watch it. And I think I stopped after the second episode of the Mystery Island one. It just, I was not liking it. And then that was the last thing I saw of them. I loved every second of it. And who passed away from the voice um, talent? Jessica uh, Walters. Yeah, she was the mother, right? Yeah. Oh man! Well, I mean, I have I can't speak about um, Archer because I haven't seen enough of it. But I know that things run its course, and I'm wondering if the quality of the show was still yeah, top notch. Because you know, you know, even with, you guys talk about Supernatural. I mean, these two always talk about Supernatural. <laughs> yeah. Supernatural, no, who fucking cares? Problem. <laughs> so it's funny. Jared Padalecki was just saying that he goes, the series probably would have done better if there were shorter amounts of episodes per season. Yeah. Oh wow! And I, I'm like, okay, I agree with that. Mm. No. Well, because yeah, at a certain point, they were just having fun with it. Yeah, yeah, no, they were. Well, it's interesting to hear that Archer's on his way out. So yeah. I, I'll I'll try to catch it. You know, it's oh, well, definitely. Hulu. What's is it? Is it season four? What's the one with the cocaine? I came to think oh, of the name. Oh, I one. remember that, that one. That is a <laughs> beginning to end one of the best seasons they ever had. And I cannot think of the name of that particular one. And what's her name became Finn? Pam. Yes, Pam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she just kept eating that cocaine. <laughs> Anyhow. Kids don't do this at home. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Last but not least. Uh, now that James Gunn is free of his MCU ties, he can focus on casting the one millionth Superman movie iteration. Oh, boy. This one titled Superman Legacy. By this past weekend, reports came in that three actors are in the running to play Clark Kent and his alter ego, Superman. Uh, there's a front runner, David uh, Cornsweet, along with newly mentioned Jacob Elordi and Andrew Richardson. Uh, Nicholas Holt is also said to be up for the role of Lex Luthor, so this should be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I just have one request. Uh-oh. Run one, one request. Just how, you know, Spider-Man's origin is played out. Batman's origin is played out. Superman's origin is super played out. Mm-hmm. Please do not give us again. Son, you are now going to be yes, no. thrown away to this planet. Yeah. Just just throw us jump, throw us right into the action. Let's assume we, we all know how he or, got or there. Or at the very least, do what they did. Um, I still praise him for that, for the Incredible Hulk. Uh, the one with Edward Norton. With yeah. the montage. It was just a montage. We, yeah. we all know it. I mean, and, and the Hulk, you figure, is not as well known as everybody else we just mentioned. But yet, even they were like, you know his origin. Here you go. <laughs> but don't do it to the eye of the tiger. That's just oh. played out. <laughs> wow. Okay. Because <laughs> it's the eye. Well, it's funny. I was getting ready to bust Ralph's horn saying, because he talked about don't do the, the, the origin story all over again. And I'm like, no, but they've only done it twice. You know, what's the big deal? I go, wait, Spider-Man only did it twice. And, you know, we had an issue with that. And I know that, oh, I forgot there's another well, one. Well, it's just so long. I mean, you're, and you're not giving me anything new. Yeah. Oh, you're going to change that it wasn't this university. It was that university. And he was wearing a tie. No, he was in a t-shirt. I mean, like. His dad, no, he's alive. No, he's right. dead. Yeah, right. it's like, I just just move it along. No, his parents were spies. I'm like, who the fuck cares? <laughs> Are they spies now? No, they're dead. Oh, okay, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all the quick news? That is it. All right, so. I'm not even going to try to say the name of the... Uh, could you give us that clue one more time about black people? the horror films violence? and thrillers where black people live till the end? You're not going to ask me if I have quick news? You never have quick news. He's had it once or twice. Maybe I got some quick news. You don't have quick news. I have some quick news. Go for it. Uh, the Ahsoka trailer dropped a while back. I don't know if everybody saw that. That's not quick news. That's quick news. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really quick news, I guess. That's quick, out-of-date news. <laughs> hey, 
Did you hear about it? Yes, I did. Oh, well, I, I, I watched it. It's more news to you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was it as good as Mad Heidi? I haven't seen the Mad Heidi trailer, but it was uh, teasing. That was interesting. Now okay. I'm curious to see this Mad Heidi trailer, but that's Mad Heidi trailer. But aside from that, black people that don't die in in, in, in horror films. What, All right. What's the hint? All righty. Here we go. One more time. Geraldine is a convict on work release employed at a boarding house overrun by the undead and the collector demanding a key. Hmm. Now, Mike, I'm not going to lie to you because I'm an honest guy. This man is lying. I never lie. He lies constantly. And I can tell you right now mm -hmm. that in my mind, there is an answer. That doesn't exist for this question because I have no fucking clue. I see. I'm well, gonna throw something out there. What you got? I don't know the movie, but I'm gonna say was it was directed by Roger Corman. No. Okay, just wondering. I don't think so. <laughs> don't, don't don't talk to me like my guess. What 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 the heck? Actually, happened? I don't I don't know who directed it right offhand. I don't oh, think oh, oh, the, the reason why I'm asking is or um, Roger Corman or who's the other who's the other um, George Romero. I don't believe. No, it's not George Romero. Oh, okay. I'm not sure if you saw where I was trying to get at. What, what are the Night of the Living Dead ones? Right. That's oh. why I was thinking of one of those. I mean, I wouldn't have got did, it right, but I've been Corman closer do than any you. any of the Night of the Living Dead? I don't think Roger Corman did any of those, did he? Roger Corman? Uh, I'm thinking I got Roger Corman confused oh. with George Romero. Oh, okay. When that's but, insulted to George Romero completely. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Anyhow. Okay, what is it? The answer to that one is, it was Jada Pinkett Smith. In Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. Oh, that's not. Oh, come on. It was a popular film when it came out. It's not like it's some obscure thing. It was, well, very was that the Stone Age? I've never even knew that Jada Pinkett Smith was in a crypt movie. Yeah, that I, I, was, no, I do movies. remember that, though. Yeah. I do remember that. that. Yeah, yeah, no, Mike's right. It was a good movie, though. What year was that? Uh, 92? Probably something like that. I, I was four years old. I wasn't born yet, so there. No. You know about movies that, are, that happened before you were born. Don't even make that an excuse. You ever hear of Jaws? I, I know of good movies. Star Wars? Yeah. Good movies. Case in point. <laughs> wow. You are sacrilegious right now. Oh, my gosh. I know about Star Wars because it's a good movie. Oh, okay. I thought you were trying to say, trying to say something about Star Wars. No, no, no. Yeah, that was riot. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now that we've had a little, some chuckles and some gags, now let's get to what we're here for. And that's to discuss the Marvel Studios production of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And with the synopsis is a guy who probably still owns an iPod, Mike, also known as MFG. Tell me I'm wrong, Mike. I think you are wrong. I don't think I have one in storage anymore, but I might. It's very possible. Well, are storage. you serious? Yeah, I don't have it with me, I know, but it might be in storage. I have to check. I gave it away. It was, it was a paperweight, and I, and I had nobody to throw it at, so, you know, <laughs> it's all I, good for now. I still have an iPad Nano. An iPad or iPod? Sorry, iPod. Yeah, wow, I'm like, iPad is this. That's embarrassing. <laughs> All righty. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is Marvel Studios' latest live-action superhero feature film. The movie is based on the eponymous Marvel Comics group that originally appeared in Marvel Superheroes number 18 way back in January of 1969 and was created by Arnold Drake and Gene Colan. That has nothing to do with these people, but... That's just information. Gene, wait, Gene Colan? Yeah, he was the artist that did the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, shit. Yeah, I love that guy. Um, the space-themed superhero film is the sequel to 2017's Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. Uh, volume 3 was directed by James Gunn, who also wrote and directed the previous films. With a budget of $250 million, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3 has so far earned $215 uh, 15 million domestic and 316 foreign for a total of $531 mil. Uh, the film has a Rotten Tomatoes rating of 82% with an audience of 94 and an IMDb weighted average of 83 out of 100. Wow. Yeah. 
Swing, swinging for the fences. Yeah, they weren't. All right. All right. A little synopsis time here. Standing on familiar ground, the MCU pulled out its James Gunn for a final time. Following the unpleasant taste of the second movie, the Guardians get a home, get uniforms, and get wild and crazy on their last outing. After what can only be assumed to be Rocket's only injury that ever needed medical treatments, the gang learns that the anthropomorphic raccoon has a bomb on his heart. The audience learns that although most alien races have never been to Earth, everyone knows of its furry animals, hedgehogs, badgers, hamsters, etc. <laughs> Every time, I was like, how do they know? Anyhow, <laughs> Star-Lord, who is unsympathetically mourning the loss of uh, Gomorrah he knew, uh, must team up with a time-displaced Gomorrah who is running with a different band of Ravengers to infiltrate the headquarters of the High Evolutionary in order to get the code to disarm the bomb in Rocket's chest. But faster than Mantis can say something childish, the Guardian's home is attacked by Adam Warlock who is auditioning to be more painstakingly stupid than Drax. It's a film with fun fight sequences, explosions, and a constant reminder that Guardians don't kill as they proceed to kill nearly everyone they meet. <laughs> Alongside heart-wrenching flashbacks of Rocket's origin story, our heroes race against the clock to save blonde children, cute furry animals, and themselves while beating the snot out of yet another of the MCU's black men threatening the status quo. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. And if at any point you feel your heart getting squeezed too tightly... That's the loving tug of animal abuse serving as plot device. <laughs> All right. Starring Chris Pratt as Star-Lord, Peter Quill, Zoe Saldana as Gamora, Dave Bautista as Drax, Karen Galan as Nebula, Palm Clementif as Mantis, Vin Diesel as Root, Bradley Cooper as Rocket, Will Poulter as Adam Warlock, Sean Gunn as Kraglin, uh, uh, Chikudi Iwuji as the High Evolutionary, Linda Cardellini as Lila, Nathan Fillion as Ma Master Karja, and Sylvester Stallone as Stockar Ogard. Hmm. All right, let's get into it. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. But before we say anything, let's press that spoiler button that we always are still paying so much money for. Warning. The following segment contains information that may ruin your enjoyment of the media in review. So if you believe this might upset you... Piss off, you wanker. And that spoiler button was brought to you by Steve Francis of Stush Productions. I am Stush. There's a Stush man <laughs> waiting in the sky. <laughs> you didn't think you were going to sing that twice in a podcast. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Props to you, they, and you hit the notes. I mean, there were they, there were other notes, too, but yeah, you hit them. <laughs> I hit notes. <laughs> you didn't say which ones, though. <laughs> all right, all right. So let's talk about it. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 now. If you heard Mike's um, breakdown of what everybody's saying about it. There's a lot of positive reviews. Now, also, I've heard a lot of people saying this is one of the best Marvel films ever. That's, it, that's a lie. Are they being hyperbolic? That's what I was or, or also just of uh, post-Endgame even. And I'm like, still a lie. Okay, okay. So I'm not feeling too crazy now because everybody is saying, now shout out to Lady J and her family. I love you guys. You guys are awesome. But she has four nephews that are all in their mid to late 20s. And Two of them were like, oh, my goodness, this is like one of the best ones of all time. But I'm like, oh, wait, of the Guardian series or best Marvel movie? Now I'm hearing Marvel movie. And a lot of people are telling me the same thing. Do you guys agree? Hell no. I've seen I've seen uh, Winter Soldier. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and let's put it this way. This movie, it has not moved my top five. It's not saying that it's bad. I mean, I enjoyed the movie, but it's not. It didn't change my top five. I agree, uh, but we'll we'll get we'll come back in a second, Ralph. Uh oh, he he's gonna say something conflicting. I 
quite enjoyed this movie, and I do agree, it is quite good. Um, and post Endgame, I feel that this is one of their their best movies that they've done so far. Um, but is it the greatest Marvel movie? No. Not the greatest, but one of the greatest. Because the, the greatest, they couldn't even say that with a straight face. But one of the greatest. It's one of the best. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't even find it one of the best. Uh, Post Endgame, I mean, I really enjoyed uh, the Multiverse of Madness, and I can give reasons why. As in, like, I thought the complete movie was enjoyable. Whereas this one, I think that people are overlooking a lot of the things that were wrong in this movie and remembering the stuff that really did grip you, which was at times brought tears to my eye, kind of a feel, and was very effective. But there's a lot of this movie that did not go well, even though again I enjoyed it as a whole movie. There was just a lot of like, oh, you just kind of skipped to that next scene, didn't you? Let's. <laughs> l- 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 Thanks, Mike, for giving me an intro. Here, here's something that that um, I would definitely um, bring up when you talk about skipping. Guardians opens up. They talk. They, they show Rocket in his very be- in the beginning before he got the cybernetic enhancements added to him. Mm-hmm. All right, get it, no problem. Um, then they skip to seeing where he is now with Peter Quill, you know, being drunk, and everybody else talking about Peter still mourning over Gamora. Is is this a big jump from the from the Christmas special? I felt like I was lost because not that Peter wasn't still mourning Gamora, but if they would have kind of hinted at that, you know, during the Christmas, it feels like it's a big jump. Yeah, no, I mean that that part. I thought the same thing because it was that the Christmas special. You know, he didn't have that same problem, and not saying that you can't later on get depressed about something that's happened. It's just it was so stark, and because it was at the very beginning of the movie, and it's not like. It was a gradual thing. It did feel just very like, okay, you're telling us what's going on as opposed to letting it happen. Right. Feel. Ralph, do you feel, did you feel the same way about Peter's, um, um, I guess, over-the-top drunkness at the beginning of the movie and them saying he's been like that for a while? No. I thought it, you know, it was very in character for Peter. Oh, no, I don't think that it was in character, but did it feel like it was a jump? Because in the Christmas special, it was like, he was he was down, but he was all right. Now he's like you know, oh, he's he's oh, drunk no, again. No, I, I saw the sadness in those eyes in the Christmas special. Was, that was a mirror. It was there. It was a reflection on the TV. <laughs> so what you're seeing, what I'm hearing, is that I look as good as Peter Quill. Of oh, course, you would. Everybody that. said that. Right. <laughs> There's no one out there that hasn't said that. What's the problem? <laughs> yes, our beauty transcends dimensions. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I I wasn't thrown aback to him. Like yeah, like. It, it's the beginning so that you know that he's going to uh, build up from there. Like he asked to, I knew that it, it was going to be used as a way to like force him to be like, oh, okay, shit, I fucked up in a way. Now I got to redeem myself for where, for being how I was. I don't want to skip ahead and I'm not going to skip ahead, but I just want to say that it, I would have felt that way if it would have been a gradual picking himself up through the movie, but it wasn't. It was like, okay, pull it together and he's back to being Peter and doing his thing. There's no other mention of him drinking or, you know, being depressed. You know, I mean, they kind of mention Gamora here and there, but I mean, the, the whole movie takes place within like two to three days. Right. Which is, again, so you kind of expect he's in the same space head where, of course, they didn't. He He's just immediately... Like, he goes from, like, super, super, oh, my God, depressed to just really bad comedic depression. (laughs) Were you depressed with his comedic choices? (laughs) Tragic events can sober you up. I suppose so. So, so actually, we catch up with the rest of the team, and we kind of see things with, you know, um, we see a continuation of the the Christmas special. Like, you see 
Um, they, they took over nowhere and now they're running it like a business. Right. And, and we even see a little bit more of Craglin and, and, and Cosmo and they bought it from the collector. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, you, it's official and everyone knows that Mantis is his sister, you know, his Peter's sister and stuff like that. Um, and you know, of course we, we see Craglin struggling to use the whistling arrow, which already, you know, like you said, it takes place over like, wait, maybe two days. And so you already know that he's going to go from complete failure to utterly being fantastic with it for no good reason. And surprise, he goes from being completely <laughs> awful to being completely expertly coherent with that thing in just a day and a half. No, <laughs> but, no, but, but Mike, we're but, not supposed to jump forward. I know. <laughs> but, but at least, and I'll go back to my Quill point before we keep moving, but, but at least that was progression instead of Peter Quill. I'm drunk. No, I'm okay. I'm working. I'm putting it together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It felt like a big jump. But, but the, the movie, a lot of that, it felt like that. And that's my yes. problem with some of the movie. Um, but go on. Okay. So um, obviously what, what, what disrupts all the happiness or, or not the happiness of all the, 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 the regular nowhere, you know, shenanigans. Um, Adam Warlock shows up and attacks, um, attacks Rocket Raccoon. Mike mentioned it in the um, synopsis how you want to make somebody dumber than Drax. Uh, um, oh, what's his name? I just said his name right now. Adam, Adam Warlock, Warlock. Thank you. Because they didn't call him Adam Warlock. They called him Adam and then right. Warlock. Well, the he, Warlock. He's yeah. He is the Warlock, which is I guess they're saying something prophetish in their in the uh, the realm of the um, what do they call themselves? The Sovereign. Sovereign. So it must be something in their lore or whatever. But right. yeah, they call him Adam. So, so we're saying basically, so, so Mike kind of hinted at that Adam Warlock was really done dirty. <laughs> he was. I mean, I, you don't need to reflect in it's a comic. I mean, you know, especially from that day when those things came out, you're talking about the early 70s and whatnot, everything was tilted in the writing. Everybody spoke like they were like, they, they failed Shakespeare, but they remembered how he spoke kind of, <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, the writers thought of also those stories, they were on like, on drugs <laughs> they were they were tripping balls and well, then they well, the, whole, the, the whole adam warlock thing though actually was it was a barely veiled christ metaphor yes. it was, it, that was his entire point so i get actually it's not that you couldn't do it now i mean it's not lots of things that reflect that i mean superman still is a christ figure um you know as he was and still is but there's a difference between okay you don't want to go that heavy or that lopsided or that poetic to an idiot and I'm just like, and an, and an undefined idiot. You introduced him. He's using powers. What are they? You know, and I'm like, I mean, it's like you have two and a half hours, dude. At some point, I don't, don't have to do it right away, but you've got two and a half hours and you never get around to defining what he's capable of doing. Right. <laughs> you know? Is that the soul stone or is that just a gem? Right, exactly. I mean, it should just be something. And then why is it there? Yeah. You know, because in comic book lore, um, he's not created by the high evolutionary. He's created by the enclave on regular earth. Right. He then zips off of earth, runs into the high evolutionary who's created counter earth. And he wants him to help basically police it. And he gets injured. Um, he starts healing in a cocoon cause that's the way he heals. Yep. Uh, comes out of it early to, again, to help the high evolutionary. And because his power wasn't at full level, high, uh, the high evolutionary gives him the soul stone. That's how he ends up with it. Right. So, I mean, again, don't have to follow all that. But, yes, the fact that he has a stone at all, you're like, well, why? It, it's not like he's doing anything with it. So now it's just this weird thing in his forehead. It's for the bling. You always got to have some bling. So. But he's all gold. He's nothing but bling. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say one thing. He's dense. But I'm <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Ralph. Because <laughs> I'm like, once I saw what they were doing, the idea of the, the guy who's super powerful but very naive – 
I'm like, but don't we have this already on the yes. team? You know, yeah, but, this is but, no but, but, but what's happening on the team? Dave Bautista is leaving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so guess what? We've got another strong buffoon. <laughs> you know? Well, Ralph explains it all. You're welcome. This is this is earlier than I thought it would be. At so, some point, I'm just hoping Adam Warlock shows up and just decimates <laughs> this entire room. Are you calling Ralph the Raccoon? Ralph the Raccoon. No, I'm a squirrel. <laughs> Come here, squirrel. Yeah, because you want to be with Squirrel Girl. Anyway, continue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so the reason why uh, Adam Warlock is, or well, the excuse that they use to say why Adam Warlock is so dumb is they even say it. He was re- removed too early from his cocoon and he wasn't ready yet, quote unquote. Right. Oh. And, and that's why he still yeah. acts like a child. And you have to remember, they even say he's only like a few days old coming out of that cocoon. So well, if we're going to use that logic, then he shouldn't be able to speak. True. But <laughs> oh, does logic my. even exist here? That's way too literal. No, bro. I'm just saying. I'm like, if they're going to use that as an excuse, it's like, well, then where did he learn the words he learned? But that, that's, that's the reason why they say right. that he's so dumb. So right. This has been. Ralph explains it all. You're welcome. Out of all the buttons that Ralph presses, he that's the only one he gets correct every single time. Every time. <laughs> we do gigs on the go, he forgets the timer. We do the intro, we have to like do but see what you, what you guys don't realize is that these glasses are augmented reality and there's a big button. Say that word again, augmented what? Reality. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> hey, listen here. What's what's Thor's hammer's name? Mjolnir. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, I mean, I don't want to go. I love the way you say the hammer's name as if you're going to get punched for saying it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm afraid you're going to punch me for saying it wrong. He's right. We've been together how long? You still can't say it? (laughs) Mjolnir is just going to come through the window and just hit you all over the head. Maybe it'll hit me in the face and I'll be able to say it right. (laughs) Okay. So, so I don't want to go bit bit by bit, but let's go by the major bit. So, obviously, they find out that um, Rocket is in critical condition. And like Mike said in the synopsis with the bomb in his chest. And they have to. Um, well, I, I'm just going to go back real fast, though. But Adam Warlock is—he just trounces the team, you know. He, I mean, he just beating okay. Drax like nearly to death, mm-hmm. and yet somehow he's able to be stabbed by a sword, which I don't understand how that—that's that, right. It works out really well, I mean, and like not even like a fancier sword, but just get stabbed by a sword. But but um, no, and it I, I want to—it was Nebula's uh, nanotech arm, right? So it's, it's literally. Sharp enough to cut an atom. Well, we haven't stated that in the movie, and that would be silly because that listen, would create nothing but nuclear explosions every time she used that thing. Listen, I know nanotech arms. Trust me. All right, trust me on this. <laughs> yeah, he gets I plenty of hand jobs from plenty of nanotech arms. <laughs> Is it because it's that small? Yes. Wow. <laughs> I was just curious why you needed the nano. I did not try oh, yeah. to lay. I did not try to lay him up for that one. I swear. But yeah, so I just wanted to mention that. But also because because it's going to keep coming up. Is that so? And I. Part of me wants to think that they were playing into the fact that everyone was assuming that because Batista's leaving, that Drax was dying, and that's fine. But like I said, he was beaten nearly to death. Then he was just fine. But now well, let's move on to Rocket Raccoon being attacked. Well, hold on. Drax got beat up a couple of I times. I just said, I will be bringing this up quite often. All right. <laughs> In other words, this is the whole point. This is a day and a half. This isn't he healed over days. I or even over yeah. hours. <laughs> he is nearly killed several times in this movie. And I'm like, it, to the point that it became, well, there's no consequence any longer. Right. Like, you know. He's just really tough. You well, it's just, not just him. You rang his bell. Yeah, it's not just him. Um, like, like the fact that they were, they were, you know, when they were getting shot at, and he gets like two point blank, one to the chest, one to the back of these weird guns. And it's like, and then he's just fine, literally in the next scene. 
<laughs> you know. Wow. Nope, no, no. Oh, oh, <laughs> well, Ralph, we've got You're movies welcome. to go. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason why they survived so much is because the same guy who built Batman's amazing shotgun repellent armor built their armor as well. Yeah, that's that's. Yeah, that's not explaining why Mantis right. survived being thrown around and all this. It's really good armor. It's it's, it's something else. It's all it is. Yeah. really good. The same guy who built Batman's built his. That that that's going across two different comic book universes. Yeah, because this guy's really good. Oh, he is pretty good. He's, he's really good. Yeah, he's really good. He exists in multiple universes. Oh my gosh! He's, have you heard of the one above all? This guy's above the one above all. Yeah. Wow, he's really good. I'm totally giving you death eyes. <laughs> this has been. Ralph explains it all. You're welcome. I'm downright grouchy right now. That guy, <laughs> incredible. But, but Twice leading, in one show. But, but leading back to that, so this is a problem with the movie, that there was just no more stakes. And, that's, that, what and like, that's what I'm saying. These are the things when people are just like, yeah, I tried. <laughs> but like when people keep saying, oh, this is a great movie, I'm like, you're remembering the good parts of the movie. You're not looking at this whole movie. Because this whole movie, again, it's good and I enjoyed it. But... It's it's just it's problematic, uh, you know. Right. Like I said, they they took away our danger because I mean they they you, you kept getting the feeling again. It's the third movie. You also know James Gunn's not coming back for anymore. There's there's a good chance, and with other franchises, that someone's going to die, and they kept playing with that, and that's fine. But like I said, there was none. It was it wasn't like okay, well now Drax is really injured, and we're going to now let's say rely on Adam Warlock, who's this new character you're introducing, mm-hmm. maybe to help. Nope. <laughs> you know, uh, is Mantis going to die? Because it seemed like she was going to die. Nope, she's just fine. <laughs> you know. Now there's there's a massive theory that Mantis is going to be sort of like the a big a bigger player. Yeah, yeah I've, I've heard of that also. She might be the the Madonna in the galactic universe. Well, she was supposed to be, but they've ruined that by this point. <laughs> well, they can always, I mean, Marvel can always circle back to it. They can. We don't uh, want them to, but yeah. they can. Um, so let's go. Um, they're they're planning to get together. And go to what's the name of the plant? Uh, the the or or org sphere or, or something? something like that. Or, 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 or orgma or orgma or, 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 or it looks like a giant orifice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That felt really out of place. Even though it felt in place for a Guardians movie, the whole thing. First off, shout out to Nathan Fillion. <laughs> He's always Who finally funny. got his face seen in one of the Guardians. I know, right? He was the monster in the first one in the jail, right? Yeah. And then in the second one, he was in movie posters on uh, on one of the. I forget what was it. Okay. Oh, yeah, but he was definitely in there. He, was, he, was, he wasn't got, physically in it, but there were some movie posters that showed right. his face on it. Right. Uh, but he's finally gotten the chance to be seen. Yeah, but I mean, that whole thing with the soldiers and the ages, I mean, did it feel so out of place or did it feel good for the Guardians type of a movie? It, was, it worked for them. I mean, you know, like I said, again, everything's a little bit over the top here and there, but it, it worked for them. I didn't mind the guards. I mean, they were kind of pointless. I mean, you knew this... They they weren't a threat. They were they were better shots than the stormtroopers, but they, <laughs> but they weren't a threat, and they didn't feel like a threat. They felt like, oh, we need another obstacle because otherwise they would just walk in and get it. And that's what exactly they felt like, you know. So the reason why they were such better shots is because they didn't go to the Cobra School of, of uh, Target Practice. Wow, they actually, Cobra! They actually studied <laughs> under uh, the GI Joes. Oh, okay. oh gosh! <laughs> now, but, uh, one thing I forgot to mention before they go to on um, this heist to find. Um, I guess the, the instruction manual for yeah. for to, to, to help Rocket and the bomb on his chest, they bring in Gamora and the Ravages to be able to help out. Right. Um, how how do you feel the way they handled Gamora and the fact that she's now a totally different person, which makes sense, but some people like this, some people didn't. How did you guys feel about it? 
I love that they didn't rehash the the love that because they could have easily been like, oh, um, somehow because of Soul World, her memories were implanted into that mm -hmm. body and she's still in love with Peter and, and all this and that. I was like, thank God they didn't go that route. And they ended that situation right there. He, they let Peter mourn the loss and, and realize that it's no longer there anymore. And she's able to do her own thing and be her own type of Gamora. Right. And, and, and actually, I, I want to praise Zoe Zaldana for being able to play the same character, but just completely different as well. It's called acting. I know, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I, I like the fact that, uh, you know, um, that the lead did not get what he wants because that's generally, like, like Ralph was just saying, what happens in the movies. Somehow, or even if it's not the soul gem thing, it's just he does this one thing and instantly she goes from, I don't literally don't know you to I love you. You know, it's like, no. I, I like the fact that she, she sees like, oh, okay, I can kind of see why someone might like you still she's not there with him mm -hmm. but the fact that you know as we'll talk about later on you know she's starting to understand the value of friendship and family she's starting to understand it but what i loved is that you know she knows she also has her own yes you know? right she doesn't need them she need, she just needs to understand what family and love is right. you know it's, which she she truly understands when we see at the end that right. she's back with the ravagers right exactly now, throughout this time, um, obviously throughout the entire movie, they weave in flashbacks of Rocket Raccoon mm -hmm. and his life as he was being, you know, like raised by the High Evolutionary. By the way, how do we feel about the High Evolutionary as a Marvel villain? Yay, nay. I, eh. I think his acting was really good. I mean, it's not the High Evolution. I mean, he wouldn't be that emotional. I mean, yeah. any, any scientist would not be that emotional. I mean, to the point that you're like, well, is he... Does he have a mental illness? And I mean, and that's fine, but it's not addressed. I mean, like, then tell us. Like, show us, like, oh, he's got actually some problem. Yeah. Um, so that was weird. But I did like the actor, and I thought he, he gave good emotion to the character. I just, it's just conflicting. Right. It just, it just wasn't the high evolutionary that, that we know that's just, he's a cold, cold scientist, you know. Uh, whereas this one was a, he was a heartless scientist, but with a ton of emotion, and it was just kind of odd, yeah. you know. Um, honestly, I didn't like this. I, I agree with you. The actor did a great job, but I didn't like the portrayal of uh, the Grand Evolutionary. Like, yeah, he, just like you say, he's he's way too emotional. Also, they kind of hinted at. I don't know if it's that, that he was like drunk, because when uh, oh when, when he, he came goes into, back for Rocket that last yeah. time, yeah, that that was because it was almost as if I kept thinking, oh, maybe he's using them to support his mentality. Yeah. Like, you know, like maybe he's building these things and then, and then absorbing something, you know. Because his, his, uh, his like helper guy was like, come back, we got to go finish your treatment. Yeah. But th that didn't make any sense whether he's like, he is ill or he was undergoing something or he was just drunk and they were trying to like get him sober. I, I think the shit. treatment that we are later supposed about is the fact that his face was just ripped apart by a rocket. But, well, no, but, but that happened. doesn't make any sense. That, oh, that, 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 that hadn't happened. Oh, that's right. That hadn't happened. That yet. hadn't happened yet. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it, and again, it's that problem with this movie is it just feels like things just dropped yeah <laughs> you know and uh going back to your earlier point about how like they would um show scenes of rocket's life beforehand in between did you notice that whenever something good was happening for the guardians you'd flash back to a bad scene with rocket right and then whenever something uh bad was happening with the guardians you would flash back to a good scene with Rocket. i never i never realized that yeah. Yeah, that's no, it's pretty cool. Like that part of the story that I liked. I mean, his, yeah, you know, it was definitely engineered to 
tug at your tear ducts. I mean, I, I really, I missed the eyed quite a few times in his backstory because it was, it was extremely touching. Um, it was, it was very powerful. They got pretty much every note right with that. You know, yeah. they, they really did. They did a great job. Um, like I said, it was questionable with the high evolutionary. I, and also watching the high evolutionary and thinking of Marvel and I understand like, you know, we're trying our best to do diversity and obviously all for it. Um, not a complain that way. I really, though, I'm watching this and I'm like, okay, uh, Marvel, you know, we've already got like Kang forever, however long he exists, <laughs> um, you know, and we have this character, so like, you know, we, we got, you know, um, Samuel Jackson. I mean, like, like the high evolutionary, I think he would have been great if he was like Indian, like, like South or like, you know, or South Asian or Southeast Asian. Yeah. I think that would have not saying that it would have changed the character, but I just think that would have been great. I would like to have seen a different uh, race or ethnicity played him more than just white or black. I, I just think he would have, I, I could really imagine like some, like an Indian guy or something like that, or Pakistanian guy playing that part. And it would have, I don't know. I think it just would have added an extra twist that would have been really good, you know? Could it have also been problematic because it might've played to some stereotypes? Um, I mean, you, just, you just throwing it out there. You, you mean a loud, angry black man? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many stereotypes you're playing to. Um, you know, so it's things like that. Also like the, the fact that they went with the, um, the, uh, the fact that his face is the stretched skin. I mean, we find out, you know, we, we know it's because Rocket, when he escaped, he just ripped into his face like crazy, which was really cool. But it's like, you've made all this stuff. You have no other better technology than right? this stretched skin. Like, but, like, but, like but, other races have invented. On Earth, we've made bionic arms that look like <laughs> normal human skin, <laughs> you know? Or, I mean, you've created whole races, apparently. You can't regenerate your face. You created yeah. an entire Earth. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know? <laughs> Which, yeah, that was another thing that got me. Well, well, well let's, let's move on to that. So, because after they, they're in Orgama or whatever the name of the place is, they find out that obviously... Let's just call it the big butthole for The big now. butthole. Okay, so, so after they leave the big butthole, ha, ha, ha. Um, and they find out that the information they need is no longer there, that it's implanted in one of his... Assistants. Yeah. Assistants. So now they have to go to Counter-Earth. Yep. Right. They don't know that it's called Counter-Earth, though. But, I mean, the fact that it's such a weird idea about the whole Counter-Earth thing and, you know, where he has all these creations of, like, his... The Animen. The what? They're called the Animen. The Animen. Yeah. Right. That's right. So they, um, the Guardians have to travel there yes. to be able to confront the High Evolutionary yes. and also see this race of people that were raised with their animals and they're, and they're like, anthropomorphic, yeah. but, but, I guess, stylized for the era he visited, which was the 80s. Yeah, because so. yeah, look at the cars and look right. at like everything. Everything was very like well, but, 80s suburbia. But also, I'm like, you know, this high evolutionary is not from Earth, you know. Yeah. So I'm like, well, he, he says I visited. I visited. Right, he your says park, I yeah. visited. Right. No, I'm saying that he's not. I'm like, you've never met animals from any other planet. Like, no, like right. everything was from Earth. I'm like, did you just get this whole idea <laughs> like 40 years ago? Like, you know, he's like that. Um, uh, that like stereotypical immigrant that comes to America and then just starts you know, wearing everything that's like, I love America. Right. Yeah, look, look at me. I got American flag shirts, you know, hats and everything. I love New York t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> Give it all, yeah. <laughs> How were we with that sequence? Because the whole thing of um, Groot, well, first, I mean, they, they have to talk with the people and find out where, you know, where this ship is. And then we have the whole scene with, with them being in the house, yeah. the Guardians being inside yeah. the house. And find you know that shit was hilarious because Drax, <laughs> there's enough room to lay down. Drax, sit up, <laughs> take your feet off the couch. But I see, I feel like I've had that conversation with my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it was a cute scene, but it was still. I mean, I'm not talking about that specific scene, but like the the whole um, uh, interaction was it was cute. It just felt long. 
Yeah. Like a lot of this movie, that one thing I will say about this two and a half hour movie, it feels like it at times. There are times, again, I, when, once the action picks up, it goes smooth. But before that, it's like, I, I did find myself looking at the watch. I was like, oh, it's only been an hour. Wow, really? <laughs> yeah. So that whole thing, like that ship, very nice. Uh, the Guardian ship, right? Mm -hmm. You think they have sensors, right? Could detect sort of technology, right? Uh, the high evolutionary wasn't an advanced building that was actually a spaceship. You'd think they'd be able to, I don't know, scan something and be like, oh, it's over there. Yeah. <laughs> Let's land over there. He's probably in this high tech or, building. Or also, everything else is suburban America. Yeah. It's the only <laughs> thing that looks like this in and the entire landscape. They literally open a window and point to it and it's like, oh, we can see it from here. Yeah. It's that's right like being there. like, you know, like it, it's any place. Just, it'd be like if in New York City, there was count, uh, there was a Mount Kilimanjaro was just there. And you'd be like, where is it? Anywhere you look. <laughs> <laughs> you can't miss it. Just, just look up. It's there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was a, yeah, another one of those little weird things that was there with it. Um, like the counter I thought was just fine, but again, it's it feels like they also wasted a chance um, for different adventures. That's so bad that they basically destroyed counter. Yeah, they got rid know. of it quick enough. Yeah, I know. I was like, <laughs> oh, I mean, granted, they can always build another counter Earth because evidently this counter Earth was not near Earth, whereas our counter Earth is just yes. on the other side of the sun. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Did, did, uh, um, never mind. I'll talk to you about that after the podcast because I just realized I thought that idea of counter Earth was from the Fantastic Four run. It may have been, but I mean, it's it's still from the high evolution. But I'm not sure where. No, it's no, no, from. no. But it sounds like you're right. Like that, that. But we'll get yeah. there another time, no, uh, or we'll talk post podcast. He's right. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He that came before the, the Fantastic Four that I'm talking. Oh, about. Oh, oh, I know which one you're talking about. You're talking about the Hickman. Yes. Oh, that that yeah. garbage. We built another Earth. What from what? From things from Earth. So where did you get enough? dirt from earth to build another earth <laughs> like did you take all of our dirt dirt doesn't work that way <laughs> vegetation does grow up dirt doesn't work that way um but yeah so um we have that where things got a little bit silly with, with the whole quill and Groot go inside and then um drax and mantis are supposed to stay by the ship right and then they and Gamora is in the ship. And Gamora's in the ship guarding Rocket. That made sense because, you know, like she's, you know, do, has nothing to do. And she calls, you know, she calls the people to pick her up. And that's how they get found. And Gamora's in the ship laying a Cleveland steamer. <laughs> she was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. She wasn't protecting anybody. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm just having a good time. Shit, where's the TP? Oh, man. <laughs> but did you find it a little, uh, little silly to have Drax and Mantis? Just dip and just kind of like leave. Well, also, it's just like, you know your teammates. Yeah. Why would you put those two together? Uh, like, <laughs> why would you? <laughs> and it's also like, that's it. It was pretty funny because um, when Drax, how, so either Mantis knew she was that what, obviously Drax was tr tricking her when he goes, just, just get on. It'll be fine. We're just going to, I'm just going to drop you right back off at the ship. And then I'm and then I'm gonna go. You promise? Yeah, 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 yeah. I promise. Like you know, he's not gonna do that, right? And Mantis is not dumb. She's most of the time. Most of the time, she's clearly <laughs> smarter than Drax. But I'm like, come on, come on. But that was one thing, by the way, just real fast. I, that annoyed me about the Mantis. Like they just gave her. They just assumed this would make sense of her power. Like she's empath, as we've always seen. She calms people down. She it's emotional. Here, she's just mind-fucking people. She's like, oh, you think you're a chicken? I'm like, okay, she's not a mind-controlling telepath. Because, and then it wears off. So now let's bring us back to when they like 
cut down Drax brutally. Right. In, oh, uh, yeah. Her and um, uh, um, Nebula. Nebula cut down Drax in front of his face brutally. And she says, forget. And then she's forget. I'm like, yeah, but everyone else reverts back within minutes, <laughs> you know? So just, th- this makes no sense. Because <laughs> like, like, that would mean that she's on the level of like, Professor X level Jean of like, Grey. right. Yeah. She's like Jean Grey. Like I just controlled your entire memory system, you know, like, so I was just like, okay, well, where are we going with this? This is not the character. And I'm not trying to be that much of a stickler, but this is the, this is what you've given me, <laughs> you know? Well, no, no, no. We've got enough of that. We got to move on. We got to move on. We got to move on. He's done. He's done. All right. Fine. <laughs> You're not welcome. welcome. <laughs> Well, look, look, because we do have to, um, for the essence of time, we have to do um, kind of narrow it down a little bit. So, uh, so we talk about the fact that um, that now that um, shoot, I lost my Ralph explains it all. Just threw me off. <laughs> <laughs> They're um, in the high evolution, evolutionary ship. Peter and Groot are there. Gamora's uh, here. That Nebula's fight scene outside. was great, by the way. It was fun. It was definitely fun. But I'll say something just kind of offhand because you guys mentioned because the they whole, don't kill. Because you also mentioned the fact Groot that, kill them all. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the thing that you mentioned about Nebula. Now I l- kind of liked what Nebula's turned into. Yes. I, I kind of like that kind of they, They've done a great job with her. You know, it, it's one of those things that the only thing that got annoying was that she was kept cutting people down. Everybody she's cutting down. And I like that her and Mantis had it out, even though it was at Drax's expense as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, but I definitely liked what they've done with Nebula. I don't think that, I mean, I don't have a problem with her cutting down because she, she's doing the best she can. And that's the way I looked at it. Again, I'm not excusing it. I mean, you wouldn't excuse no, 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 no. that. I, I, but when you realize that, you know, she's almost 180 from what she was. This is the best. She doesn't get the finesse of, of the difference between tact and honesty. You know what I mean? Like, like she, she's not blatant. She does. She's not as like, like, you know, it's just a a bull in the China shop as Drax will be with stuff, but she still doesn't get like the difference between like, you know, like, Hey, you could work a little bit faster versus you're moving too slow. Do it better. Like, you know, she doesn't get the, the finesse between that. I'm trying to remember who, which Marvel character has that similar kind of thing where it's very direct and they lack nuance and they lack tact. Well, Tony Stark, when he wants to. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I can't think of an offhand who that would be right offhand. But but I, mean, but I like the fact that um, over the course of three Guardians movies and other sub-movies that she's kind of become a better character. Well, also you got to think about during um, during the blip. You know, she was still around and she yeah. was doing yeah. a lot. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you saw how she re- um, related with uh, Tony. Even yeah, yeah, like that. <laughs> even she was probably like, "I've had enough snark." And, <laughs> and also, like the the main reason why also she's like she's really fighting for for Rocket. One, so she gives Rocket Bucky's arm during the Christmas special, right? right? And that's like it really touched Rocket. That it really endeared him to her, and he built her nanotech arm. Right, you know, so then that also endeared her, uh, her to him. Right. Well, I mean, she, the thing is that she's learning that family isn't just a word, and it's not family doesn't try and kill you and re- rip you apart and give you new eyes. You know what I mean? Like she's she's learning, but it still doesn't mean like like w- with movies we're so used to like I'm from a hard thing where I only know pain. Da 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 da. Two scenes later, I love everybody because I learned my lesson. It's like no, she's learning over time. Like I can rely on people, and that. I also, even if I don't know the word love or, or feel it's love, I have a connection with these people. I don't want to see them die or injured selfishly because I don't want to lose them. You know. Did she find a copy of Dom Toretto's uh, autobiography? Oh, I don't know. God. <laughs> it's all about family. I swear I can't wait for that movie to come out just so we can stop making that reference. 
<laughs> Fast <laughs> X10 can't come soon enough. Uh, family. What? But um, <laughs> I am group family. So 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 let's skip on over to the fact that which kind of goes back to the whole point Mike brought up about there's it, it seems like things get dropped in or like not. I, I guess I'll I look at it as things don't get finished to its entirety. It's like things are rushed. Yeah. That might for me for me it feels that way because check it out they entered the same the the, um, the the spaceship and Quill and let me see um, it was what Mantis and um, Nebula and Drax were in that pit with the monsters right yes. and then Quill was with Rocket and grew and they came into the and, ship and, looking uh, for each other and, and then Gamora. that was just, yeah and Gamora and Gamora easily solved and, uh, oh we're all here like right. what. Yeah, yeah, uh, like yeah. just like that. What? <laughs> We're down here in the so and so room. Oh, I evidently know where that is. <laughs> I'll be right there. How else are you supposed to get a sick slow motion walk with a sick if, ass Beastie Boys song playing in the, the background? What the hell? Though they slow walked what three or four times. I'm like, okay, you've used this a lot, and I do want to mention the music. Sure, there's great songs. The first film, they were songs that blended into the movie. Yeah. Second film, eh, a little not too plenty, but this one, it was, I'm like, are you guys selling an album? <laughs> you know, because yeah. it was just every, every time you heard music, it wasn't background music. It was, oh, Quill's listening to a Zoom or, oh, it's on a radio. It's like, I'm like, I don't need, and, and it, I, and I, I think I've said it on here, I almost never notice music. I, I don't, people leave movies, oh, it wasn't the soundtrack, right? I don't notice it because it's not supposed to be noticed. Even this kind of music, even the first Guardian where you know the song it didn't overpower the scene. This was nothing but like music and a scene. <laughs> I, <laughs> you know? I was actually talking to a friend about this earlier today. I feel like the music was actually another character in the movie. But it wasn't a good character, though. I, I mean, you're right. It was. <laughs> I, I don't know. I kind of disagree with you there. I feel that James Gunn chose the music specifically for certain scenes. Here's what I'll say. And it worked well. Here's what I'll say. I, I, I agree with the music is good. I disagree that it fit the movie. There's some songs that fit well, and then there's some songs that kind of clash. If you know music, and uh, I'm going to use a music analogy, um, the first, the third, and the fifth is, is a perfect is a perfect harmony. Um, it's almost like somebody played the first, the second, and the fifth. That second, you can hear the difference. It's kind of like with certain music used for certain scenes, it just clashed. Not clashed. It made sense for what they were trying to do, but it didn't seem seamless. Right. It just felt like it was this song plopped onto the scene. Right, or it could have just been lower. I don't know what it was. It's just, like I said, it just felt like... And I feel it, bad not having an example. Yeah, it, it, it just felt like, to me, it just felt like a, you know, like a 12-song music video and like you said just the other movies it, it worked in this one just felt like oh everyone always loves our music and they always praise our music so we're going to make it music and i'm like i really want to catch the movie <laughs> you know um and again but did i like some of the songs sure i probably like most of the songs but it just didn't like like you were saying it didn't fit seamlessly it didn't it didn't work with the movie for me as it did with the other ones yeah I, I completely yeah, yeah. disagree with you, my yeah, that's, that's fine. That's why we have this podcast, man. <laughs> that's why I have the antidote to the poison that you've ingested, but I won't give it to you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> you fool. <laughs> I've slowly I spit it out. I've slowly been poisoning myself with every poison. Wow. Robert. So I am now immune. I don't even want to go there. <laughs> but so now, I mean, it's interesting because you build up to this fight because now they're all inside of the ship. And there's a the whole thing with Drax and Mantis discovering the kids. And Drax can speak this language, which I'm which like. was just it's stupid. It's I, no, I appreciate <laughs> what they were trying to do, though. I really was like saying, like, even in some people's in life, 
people who are not useful in certain ways can be right. useful other ways. You just got to yeah. open your mind to it. Yeah, I appreciate what they were trying the to do. The point, yeah, but not the not the, the way they implemented it. It was just okay. stupid. No. You know, because it's just it like. It was hilarious. You can speak their language. Yeah, you never asked. <laughs> yeah, which is just stupid. It's like, because that's, that's the thing that just gets me. It's like, dude, you're in a life and death situation here. If you can make these, and it's not like the kids were providing information that they needed. You're, we're trying to save these kids' lives, and you're standing around not talking to them. That's just stupid. <laughs> like, which, which is not helping him the, with his, well, you people think I'm stupid? Well, in this case, yes, because <laughs> you're endangering their lives, yet, yet supposedly you're a dad that only wants to save kids, you know? Oh, by the way, I, I also told them to stay away from the starboard walls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. um, it felt like the ending came to a solution, and I hate using Brian Michael Bendis as our, as our verb, but I'm going to do it again. They kind of Brian Bendis the fuck out of the ending because nowhere shows up. It, it collides with the ship as the ship is blowing up. Yeah. And they're trying to get all the, all, all the children out. And with the animals. And somehow Cosmo, I mean, she's telekinetic. She's, at first I thought all she was doing was making a telekinetic bridge. bridge. But no, she was holding yeah. the entire ship. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, because Jean as non, well, Jean is not the Phoenix. Jean Grey is <laughs> top tier telekinetic. Girl. Yeah. She can't do that, okay, without being the phoenix or having or the or something being the phoenix. It's like this is insane. You know? Well, I bet you, no one has ever told Jean Grey that she's a good dog. And that joke got old. <laughs> so, oh, you didn't like it, Mike? It just—I mean—it just got old because it wouldn't stop. And like, and you know, it's a movie. At some point, he's going to go, "Good dog." Ha ha! Knew you thought. <laughs> Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> you know, it was just one of those things. Um, but yeah, that movie did it started coming to end, and uh, like to the point of, so what happened to the High Evolutionary? That's that's my thing because I mean, <laughs> you know, the villain of the entire story. The, he ain't dead. But, yeah, but 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 his, his freak but what out, happened to him? His freak his freak out was justified, but his freak out felt short. And like we got to do something drastic to make something happen quick. You know, have him go against everybody and, and explode things. That's the way it felt. Right. If it didn't feel organic from where he was coming from. And let's not forget also that they did. I mean, and I'm just like I don't even understand the purpose of this one. They did what you've seen in a billion comics a million times. Like after Wolverine, like when the I think was it 131? No, I guess 131 or 132, whatever it is, of, of the original run of the X-Men when they're in the Hellfire Club, and this is before Gene becomes Dark Phoenix, they're going in. Wolverine has basically killed almost every single one of their henchmen in there, and then they're like, you know, don't kill Shaw because we don't kill. Uh, you're like, he's killed everybody. <laughs> you know. So they get down to all the people they've killed. They've killed all of those animen that were guard. I mean, they mercilessly killed them. You yes. know? And they get down to the High Evolutionary we don't kill. You, you mean you don't kill the guy that just literally destroyed an entire planet of creations that's, that's killing other things and that if he lives, we'll go on and do this again. This is the thing you don't kill. But the guys that are just hired muscle or just too unintelligent, those you just cut in half, literally. <laughs> you know. I mean, are they, <laughs> are they really life forms if they were created by... By a person? You mean like a human being is born out of another person? And then it's like they're like cybernetic creatures. You mean like a veteran, a war veteran with a cybernetic arm or a leg? Those guys were more robots than, you know, uh-huh. organic yeah, yeah, than yeah, anything, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, they just slaughtered a bunch of things. And then high evolutionary, guardians don't kill. I'm like, 
You mean this moment? <laughs> you mean five minutes ago? <laughs> well, because even Peter Quill, upon uh, going back to the movie when they escape the ship with Groot, and Groot grows those um, the, the the wings and he flies out, and Peter Quill rides the guy with the headpiece. Yeah, face first, face first into the ground, kills him. Yeah, drowns him. I yeah, think, I think that's the only guy that they kill. Yeah. Well, well, like I said, but when they were escaping from the ship and they were shooting everybody, when what's the thing? he says to Groot, kill everybody. He doesn't go, we have to escape, or let's get, let's get out of here. That. Yeah, like, kill, flat out order, kill everybody. <laughs> you know what I'm like? So that, that, but the high evolutionary, I'm like, just let him escape. Don't, like, if the high evolutionary escaped, that'd be one thing. But this just, it's no answer. The where is he? <laughs> you know? The high evolutionary at the end with all of them fighting it, that was cool, but it felt, you know what it felt like? And... I know, Lady J, I'm so sorry, sweetie. I'm sorry. Because she's like, you You like a movie, but you don't always like it. Because I guess I have other things to bounce it back off of. This felt like the whiplash fight in Iron Man 2, where you had this buildup. And it wasn't even that great of a buildup right. for, for, for this. And then you have all the Guardians there fighting the High Evolutionary. And boom, boom, boom. And it's done. Well, he didn't really. I mean, it was like, because, you know, he in the way that he's constructed, meaning that, like, you know, he's got, like, some device that's allowing him to manipulate gravity in this right. case. You feel that he's just Kang. And Kang, at least it was a kick-ass fight. This one was just like, eh, okay. I mean, it, I mean, as, <laughs> you know? as, as Guardian fans, you're happy to watch his ass get beat, but right. it kind of feels like too easy. Yeah. Like, I, I wanted a little bit more of a challenge. I want, you know, some back and forth. I want, and, and kind of what Mike talked about, because people were expecting the stakes being higher, yeah. you thought maybe, oh, Rocket's going to eat it or, or Drax is going to die. And none, and they just victoriously just wiped through everybody and then all the animals get... It's like, it, it just felt too yeah. clean. Yeah. The reason why that fight wasn't longer was because it took so long to get to that yeah, point. Well, yeah, it did. I'm saying they had two and a half hours. But also, I love the fact, it's like everybody on in Nowhere, I'm like, Huh, I guess we have enough rations for all these kids and all of these animals suddenly. Well, you know, <laughs> some of those animals are going to, you know. Well, you know, also, there's also. Eat, they'll eat some of the kids. Mm. Let me, <laughs> that's what you would want. <laughs> that's what I would be feeding them. I know, I know that. <laughs> I, I'll say this, but you know what? At that point where you're trying to save people, you're not thinking about, do we have rations? Like, no, let's bring these people onto the shuttle and we'll figure it out. Oh, no, no. I'm not saying that they shouldn't have done it. I'm just saying, like, as far as a movie goes, I mean, because we, it's just this, like, isn't everyone happy? I'm like, until the food runs out, <laughs> <laughs> until you're eating those kids, you know. I'm sure with Nebula in charge, they're probably going to take some of those animals and drop them off on planets and let them know. And again, that's what, and that's what I'm saying. But like, we got a resolution. None of this is brought up. Like, it, again, it doesn't have to all be split up. But yes, that would have been a little like, well, what are we going to do now? And then just see like, oh, later on, it's like, oh, you know, we, we've given a lot of these things or we've put these kids in new homes and other planets or something just to let us know. Also, you know? One, one thing that, is on my mind. So, high evolutionary, mm -hmm. smart guy, right? Supposedly, right? He knows about species, right? And what they consume and whatnot, right? He never can figure out the the, the villain in uh, Murder She Wrote, though. Right? Yeah, I mean that was kind of tough. And yeah, well, you can't when you're falling asleep. That shit is boring. Go ahead. <laughs> so he throws Drax, Nebula, and Nebula, uh, Drax, Nebula, and Mantis in that pit, right? Mm -hmm. And then seek and throws those creatures at him, right? Mm -hmm. Creatures that only eat batteries. Yeah, I didn't understand that. Maybe they just no, no. I, I'm with you, Rob. I, no, 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 I'm, no, I'm, I'm with you. Only eat batteries, and then you're like, okay, let's 
Let's stick these creatures that only eat batteries on them. Let's stick some plants that uh, um, on, on the Meanwhile 22 crew. They'll be scared. Oh, no, they're, they're, they're herbivores. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they're plants that eat themselves. They don't eat human flesh. What the fuck's the point? Yeah, yeah I hear you. No, no, I, I, had, I definitely had a lot of that with that, that film there. Circling back to the end, because I, obviously, like I said. Oh, we were at the end. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, but I'm saying circling back because he, he talked about the monsters, you know, toward the end. Now I'm going back to the actual end Again, was it another moment where it felt like when the team got disbanded that it was like, boom, okay, I'm decided I'm leaving. Wait, what? Yeah. I mean, they could at least have been like, like you know, once villains defeated, kids are here, animals are everywhere, Rocket realizes he actually is a raccoon, um, you know, the whole nine yards. It should have been, I mean, you know, whether you put the words up or whatever, or a feeling or someone says, but it should have been like months later. Okay, everyone's had a chance to think. Because otherwise, it's like, I when agree. were you thinking? Because again, like, it never... Like with Mantis deciding to leave or other things, like you didn't get this hint before all the action took place, which means she had to be thinking about this while in this day and a half, all they've been trying to do is save Rocket, you know? Also, how convenient they decide to leave once the rebuilding has to be done. Oh, yeah, I would have been out. I, <laughs> I, I would have left for that. And the only other time I would have left in a hurry would have been like, hey, hey, MFG, I'm going to be moving. And I was wondering, oh, I got to go. I got to go. <laughs> now I know what to call. <laughs> Yeah, not Mike. Not Mike, right. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I'm suddenly, I got to do my hair. <laughs> you call Nebula because she sticks through it. Yeah. <laughs> now, out of all of, I mean, where, where they left all the characters at the end because they started saying, okay, well, you know, Peter's going back to Earth, which they kind of hinted at. I think they tried to make that much more of a touching moment than it was. I, for some reason, didn't find it as touching as some of the other stuff. Like, yeah, okay, his grandfather, yeah, he felt like shunned away. I feel like they could have done that better. But they try to make that the the moment of where he's like, no, I need to find out who I am. I've been running away. But I never felt like, I never felt that until. Well, I think some of it is because, first of all, he's never mentioned to care. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they even mentioned in the book movie, they're like, you never talk about caring. And the fact that, like, like I said, his granddad has to be like 90. Like, they gave him like the Aunt May, like, late 50s, early 60s grandpa. I'm like, no, his grandpa is like a 90. They were about right. So he's first of all, surprisingly alive, and also really would not be you know, that surprised. And I'm not shitting on old people. I'm just saying that it's not this wonderful, like, oh, we're going to do all of these adventures kind of things with my granddad. You're like, you're basically going to be wiping his ass. <laughs> you know? Shout out to our 90-year-old <laughs> listeners. We still love you no matter what. Don't well, die. Well, it looks like he had a home health aid or... Right. Or, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I'm just saying... Like, at least a girl there. Yeah. I was about to say, he, or maybe he's giving his, his, his wrinkly pickle to somebody. <laughs> Viagra works now. Yeah, I guess so. But it just didn't feel like, you know, and like I said, because he's never talked, it's not like we've had um, two other movies of him wishing. Right. And, you know, it's it just, just felt out of nowhere. Yeah, it was just like, oh, you just went somewhere. And I the guess whole, you're on Earth, which means now it's easier for us in other movies to find you because you're on Earth now. You know, there's a theory that he's going to be in the next Eternals movie. If there is one, yeah. <laughs> well, but but it, it just felt like all all of those characters, their their send-offs were a little abrupt. Rockets yeah. made sense. Nebula's well, made Gamora's sense. Gamora's made sense because she she just. I mean, and I did. Love, I love best. I loved her face when she saw the Ravengers and like she like I said she finally learned about to rely on friends and family and she appreciated them and that was just beautiful. Yeah. Seeing how happy everybody was and how happy she was to see her crew, that was wonderful. That was. Out of all of the endings, was the most believable ending of all of them. Yeah, even <laughs> you know? the, even the, the thing where her and and um Quill, yeah. when they're talking with each other, and she goes, "That best what we had was something cool." He says, "Amazing" or something like that, or like it was the best, or yeah. or you wouldn't believe. Right. And, and and that was good, even though people were like they should have ended together, me and or a kiss, and no, none. She because, doesn't know him yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why I love the that. You that, said it, yeah. You, you said it earlier. That you loved resolved them. without them having to be back together, where they both 
Well, he understands and he's like, yeah, you're right. You're not Mike Morrow. She's right. gone. Yeah. You know, and you're your own person yeah. now and you, yeah, you no. don't have to be with me. Hers was good. Um, and what was the ending then for Nebula? I mean, I know she's just Nebula there, was, right? was going to stay there with the kids with Drax. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Because she's in charge of nowhere. Right, that's right. Which yeah. is in charge, even though Rocket's in charge of the Guardians of yeah. the Galaxy, Rocket's right? In charge which of the that just felt pr- pushed upon. I mean, that was, I mean, it's fine. I don't care who's in charge of it, but it just it didn't well, feel organic. It just felt like, eh, you're so, barely living right now, so here you go. So think think back. So they're at the ship, right? Um, when they finally reunite after mm-hmm. um, they break down the walls and you see the creatures coming out, right? And Gamora says, "All right, let's go," right? And then uh, Rocket says, no, I'm not running anymore, right? Mm-hmm. That's when he takes charge of the Guardians. That's right. when he becomes the leader. And you see that they all start following him. Yeah. And, and, I still feel like, like again, it's it's shoehorned. It's just like, so this one moment no, 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 is no, no, when you no, become no, the leader? No, no, no. Here's what I'll, I'll add to Ralph's point. I just think it was done wrong, Mike. Here's what I think. Remember in all the uh, in the in the second one, he complains about not being the leader, and in the Thor movies also, right. you know, in, in, in so so they kind of trying to build up to it, but there's like I feel like there's a one step missing. Maybe. Well, the step is between I feel like I should be the leader, and well, you haven't demonstrated being a leader, and doing one noble thing does not a leader make. I mean, ninety nine percent of the time, I'm sure we do lots of noble things throughout the day. Yeah, but when three <laughs> of your members go, okay, I'm gone, I'm gone, I'm gone, yeah, you win. Yeah. I oh, guess I'm it. They didn't want Drax to be the leader? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drax left the Guardians, too. Yeah. No. Well, wait. I thought you said he was staying with Nebula. Yeah, but he's, he's not, he's not he's the Guardians anymore. Oh, that's true, too. Yeah. They're, they're just in charge of nowhere. So yeah. he's, he's a father again. Right. So let me ask you, before we go into wrapping well, things up. and to get the last part of Yeah, it. I was going to say, I was going to compare the endings. I was going to say, which seems like the more interesting thing for you? Because they left us with two post-credit endings, which is... Um, where Rocket had taken the Guardians after everybody's left, which is the new team, his new Guardians team, or the surprise of the Peter Quill ending, which seems more interesting. Because the Peter Quill ending is him with his grandfather, yeah. and they talk about... Um, Star-Lord will return. Star, what is it? The legendary Star-Lord will return? Oh, I'm like, I'm like, is that the ending we're talking about? I mean, he'll just show up somewhere else. But, 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 I mean, what sounds more interesting? A gar- another Guardians movie with Rocket and, and that band of creatures, or the idea that that that? Oh no, they should just stop on the Guardians movies right now on a high note because, <laughs> again, not saying there aren't other writers and directors. I mean, I, James Gunn is not my favorite writer and director either, but it's now you're asking for someone. Kind of, we were talking about things earlier, like you know, right? It's you're asking someone to duplicate someone else's action because, again, in the style, right, right, because. I mean, Guardians is a success of because of how it was done. You either follow that formula or you risk trying another formula. And then if it doesn't do it now, you ended your whole franchise on a horrible note. <laughs> you know, I agree with you 100%. I don't want to see another Guardians movie, but I wouldn't mind seeing them in another movie. Yes. Now, if you want to say yes, putting them around, um, I just, you know, I mean, you figure that Adam Warlock has to show up again. You assume he's going to be a, a, a vital part of what's going on. If they don't give him a solo movie and redeem him somehow. I mean, I would say a solo kinda, movie. I would say Adam right. with two movies. He needs yeah. to be in things before we can even judge a solo movie because, I mean, this is nothing about his appearance made me go, I want to see more of Adam Warlock at all. Yeah. And also, it was also really weird. And James Gunn is bragging that he took perfect credit. This was not a Marvel decision, it was his decision that he added Phyla Vell. I'm like, out of nowhere, that's the little girl. Oh, the that, has, yeah. that, that they for no reason just throw her in there, and she has powers which we did not know any of the kids had. Like you know, it was they just didn't like, even explain. Yeah, that like shit. she's just there, 
And then they, they throw in Phyla. And I'm like, okay, I know that's Phyla Vell then. But, but it's all wrong because Phyla Vell is the clone daughter of Captain Marvell. Mm-hmm. And obviously she's not related to Marvell because that was Annette Benning <laughs> from the, the Captain right. Marvel movie. You know? And yep. I'm like, okay, so you're just throwing shit out now and seeing if it sticks and see if people go like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. any, to answer which one I like best, uh, neither really grabbed me. I, really? I, no, I mean, because I just, I want to see where they're going to, I want the rest of the movies to come out. I want this phases to move along. I want to see where we're going to go. As I'm nervous about the Fantastic Four, but not as nervous as I am about the X-Men. <laughs> really? I'm very nervous about how, because I mean, there's, they've got twisty shit to do in order to introduce the mutants. <laughs> and it's funny because they've had a couple of opportunities and I'm wondering if they would take any, like with the Marvels coming up. You can easily add or have somebody with powers rogue, right. you know, to, to introduce, you know. Who- I think this is going to be in space a lot. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. And and they already hinted at mutants with. They Ms. already Marvel. said it well, out Ms. right. Marvel, yeah. she's a mutant. And then who's the other mutant? Um, um, Namor. Na- uh, Namor. Namor, Na- yeah. Namor has said, uh, I'm a mutant. Right. I thought someone else. Somebody else said it too. I thought there was something else about being a mutant. I thought, but definitely those two. So yeah. So Spider Man. No, no, no. No, Don't (laughs) even say that. Don't give him ideas. Uh, One thing I did want to turn out that, like, uh, so I was saying that um, Lila, who she was just so touching, the otter. Yeah. Yeah. They were all great. Like, like there was there was nothing wrong in any scene that they did in those flashbacks. Except when they fucking brutally killed them. I'm like, is this a kid movie? That's why I told you before. Like, all the animal violence is plot. Um, (laughs) But that was uh, Linda Cardellini. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, so I, I, I wonder, like, you know, who's going to tell Hawkeye that his wife used to be a cyborg otter in an alternate Earth? <laughs> because that's the same actress. Oh my gosh! <laughs> who's going to tell Ant Man what happened to his ex? What happened to his ex? War pig. That's true too. It's voiced by Judy Greer. That's by. That. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, oh Greer. no that's way! True. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's true too. <laughs> now let me before we go into ratings, and I know we run a little bit long on this one. And I apologize for the listeners, but understand with a movie of this magnitude, we have to go a little bit longer. I don't apologize. You're welcome. All right. No, yeah. <laughs> that's for the welcome for the for the third. Ralph explains it all. Um, but let me ask you guys, kind of bringing it back to my first question, because the, people talked about because it sounds like we slammed this entire movie. Oh, you guys slammed this entire movie. Okay, but, the, but then let me ask you, what were the things that make this movie so, or where, where you can understand where it's highly regarded? People giving it 80s and 90s on, on Rotten Tomatoes and here and there, and it sounds like for the most part, we kind of chopped a lot of things down. What was what was one thing that you could say, either an idea or, or, or a style or something about this movie that you could say, well, I understand this is why people put it in such high regard? Well, like I've said before, I mean... I. All of the flashback, there was nothing wrong with the flashback. They were wonderful. It, it's, it's what made the movie. It, you know, you're finally getting it because it wasn't a super. It didn't feel like a superhero movie in that part. I mean, granted, it's fantastical elements. It's you know these cyborg animals, but it, it was something different. It was, it was, it was an emotion that we don't get out of most of the the MCU movies, let alone out of the Guardian movies, because it was very serious and all of the 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 drama and the pain wasn't. There was no cut to a joke. And it was okay. You were left to feel. I mean, like I said, I, I teared up. I mean, as much as I'm cutting down, I'm cutting down the things that I have problems with in the movie. But as far as the movie goes, I still really enjoyed the movie. I'm not putting it up there with the best of anything. Like I said, it didn't change my top five. It probably doesn't even change my top ten if I had to think, which I don't know my top ten, but I don't think it changed. I enjoyed the movie, but I don't know. It's not anything the best out of the post uh, end game, and it's definitely not the best out of all Marvel movies. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Ralph. 
I mean, I've, I've been saying everything the whole episode. No, no, I know. You, you've been shining a light. I, I guess for me. He's been trying to get a part in the next movie. <laughs> and, and the reason why, and, and I apologize. He's Kevin Smithing it. <laughs> he is Kevin Smithing it. What, you mean not smoking weed? Oh, no, that's another Kevin Smithing it. <laughs> but let me explain something real quick. Um, I guess I asked this question because so many people have kind of beat me down about you don't find this to be as good as some of the other movies. I'm like, no, it was barely the best Guardians movie. Yeah. It was a good movie. It was entertaining, and it brought everything to a close succinctly. Maybe I didn't like how how quickly and abruptly they, they got there, but that was good. But would I say it's even the best Guardians movie? I wouldn't. It's no. better than two. Yes. It's not as good as one. Everything's better, better than, than one. one it's, it would go one, three, and two for me. Right one, now. three, and two? Yeah, yeah. for, for and, me. And, and easily. <laughs> and then if you yeah. said um, my top five, it doesn't even touch my top five. No. I mean, am I including any of the Spider Man? Because does it tickle your top five? It doesn't even like blow on it. <laughs> wow, <laughs> doesn't even blow on it. Shit. <laughs> does it rub against it in the subway? Not even, the subway. Not even with a cybernetic arm. <laughs> See how I brought back jokes? See, I'm good at that shit. All right, <laughs> so let's go into it. Um, anything we want to bring up before we go into renaming and ratings? I love the fact that they bookended uh, the movie with. Uh, come and get your love. So they started it out yeah. in Guardians One with that, and they ended it with that. It, I thought that was just a nice. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I felt that it was a little forced, but it was good. That was it was a nice touch. It was like bookend, boom, boom. This is my favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite song. <laughs> come and get your love. <laughs> oh my goodness! That was that when I saw his lineup of Guardians. I'm like, oh, hopefully you all die. Wow. <laughs> I was just like, I've done. Oh, and what did we think that, that we finally got Groot? I love you guys. Well, so that was an interesting thing. So it's. Because everybody looked at him like, what? <laughs> so, so, no, they didn't, re- they didn't react to it because they heard, I am Groot, right? We're hearing what, right. we're, what they. We're apparently now, we're part of the Guardians. We've been around uh, on, on this trip for long enough that we understand Groot now. So, See, when you say that, it sounds sweet, but so, the way they executed it was like, well, what? So what you're saying is you have to hang around Vin Diesel for nine years before you can understand one simple sentence? Yes. And not smoke? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I did like the fact, though, that um, even though they put no explanation to it and there's none needed because they shouldn't try to explain it, that whether it is a give-in or if it actually is something Groot himself does... Because he could be producing something like a pollen that allows people to understand him, which that would make actually sense. make more sense than anything. That Unless would. you're telling me about like a, like a babel fish, like a, a device. Yeah. But take that out, which we know the device doesn't exist because otherwise Gamora would understand him because they would all use it. Yeah. That's why I'm like, so they could go with the, well, if you love and understand, which is bullshit, but that's how she going to understand him. I like though that she finally understood him. But like I said, I kind of feel that was a Groot thing. Personally, there's nothing in the I, movie that says it. It was just the way she looked at him and he looked back at her. I felt like you are the one that was not letting her understand you. I, <laughs> you I, and I kind of want to believe that more. Almost like there's a, a psychic ability that he allows people what to hear. Or like I said, a pollen that's just, yeah, you know, either, it's like it, it affects your, your, your hearing yeah. your brain or something, you know. I don't know. I don't like pollen touching my brain. One of my favorite uh, group moments in the comics, right? Uh, so he literally says, I am Groot, right? And I think it was Jean Grey. Oh, it was Jean Grey. Oh, yeah. I yeah, saw yeah. that, and yeah. it's like this, this beautiful whole, yeah. whole, like, whole thing that's at least like two panels, three panels long. And it's so touching. And you literally see the next scene and it's just like, I am Groot. I was like, holy fucking shit. Yeah. This guy's incredible. That was done well. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was done, done well. well. That was done well. All right, well, well, let's talk about the movie. All right, so let's, let's go into renaming the movie, Ralph. I call this uh, Guardians Volume 3. James Gunn's farewell love later to Marvel. 
Okay. All right. I got two names for it. I could either call it Guardians 3, a Zune of Swan Songs. <laughs> Jesus, they talk about the Zune one more time. Or I, my second Not name. Not coming back. <laughs> or my second name, which probably they'll, they'll call it, is um, Guardians 3, Rocket's Animal Cage of Horror. Because what the, every time they went to that cage, I'm like, oh, something gross is coming out or someone go die. And it just felt like creepy the whole time. I, I mean, if the Swan Songs, they, they missed the best Swan Song of all. Uh, Johnny Cash's cover of Hurt. Yeah, that's a good. That's, that's that, true. That would have been great. That would have been great. <laughs> Absolutely. Mike. First of all, this is how you initialize something. So I would call it GOTGV3, <laughs> killing cute animals until you cry. Because <laughs> they were like, oh, no tear, kill another one. No tear, another. No tear, cut its leg off. <laughs> Are your eyes misting? All right, we're good then. <laughs> Let's no, get that scene going. We no, got the effects. <laughs> it's like, just, just a little miss? Okay, have them hug. Now kill it. <laughs> oh man alright so let's go for it ratings for Guardians 3 Ralph I give Guardians 3 8 Nathan Fillion cameos I love that guy out of 10 <laughs> he was fun even though he's it just funny. felt like a little bit much but he was great yeah he was much but yeah he got his play right it's, he's like oh, yeah. oh, trust me I understand I got one I got one of those <laughs> poor guy though I'm like, he's just sitting there like say, huh? what? <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> I'm gonna give Guardians 3 8 and a half Groot Pulling guns out of his trunk yeah. out oh, of ten—that was, cool. that that was, was cool. badass. That was very cool. Even though you don't girl. kill. <laughs> and also, but I'm like, he's made of wood. I mean, it's not the most impenetrable. I mean, like, like any sensor would have still registered all that metal in him. Yeah, you know? no, but they didn't check him because yeah. they're like, he has no pockets. He is naked. I guess so. not realizing he's packing here. Yeah. <laughs> That's some hardwood right there, man. Wow, he's packing, hardwood. He's, he's packing twigs. <laughs> Wait till he gets forty; he won't be packing hardwood anymore. <laughs> I mean, that giant Groot at the end. That Groot. I also did not like. That 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 muscle bound Groot. Really? Uh, just it was too much. I was like, ah, whatever. Because he the, didn't look like that before. At the very very end, he looked like King Groot. Yeah, I was just like, geez, <laughs> Mike. Um, I rated eight. There is no God. That's why I stepped in out of 10. <laughs> that was a great line. That was I a very it. good line. You, you got to deliver it with more anger like he did. He screamed that shit out. <laughs> there is no God. That's why I stepped in. <laughs> what was Mickey? that Mickey Mouse? <laughs> so now Mike what and do Ralph do a Mickey Disney Mouse. has been saying to DeSantis <laughs> at every turn? <laughs> no, go with the... No, 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 no. Do I even have a gong here? Probably How do you not. have a gong? You know this guy. Man. We, have, we have a show with no gong. No, here's the gong. Oh, he knows Ralph explains it all, but he can't find the gong. Anyway, it's, it's actually right next to <laughs> That's the funny part. <laughs> all right, guys. So there you have it. Guardians Volume 3. Not all third installments are as good as this one, but they're not the best of, of all time. We're talking to you, Iron Man 3 and 4, uh, Love and Thunder. And Return of the Jedi. Oh. And Iron Man 3, you mean Tony Stark? They should have just been called Tony Stark. Yeah, they, they should have just called it We Not Making It. should call it Maskless. <laughs> it should have been called Batgirl. <laughs> well, well, guys, don't go anywhere. Rocket Review, that's next. Hi, I'm MFG, and this is my two-minute Rocket Review of the Pixar animated feature film, Luca. Time to kick off your stress and let the kitties play outside. Now, while this is an animated adventure for children to enjoy, honestly, it's a film for adults to appreciate. Told from the point of view of two adolescent boys who happen to be sea monsters in the water, but look like humans on dry land, the film takes place in the small Italian town of Portoroso in the 1950s. Young Luca yearns to discover the world above his simple ocean dwellings. 
One day, after meeting Alberto, a slightly older troublemaking sea monster who has been abandoned by his father, Luca decides to run away from home and join his new friend in discovering the thrills of dry land. After befriending a young girl named Julia, the trio enter a triathlon to win money for a Vespa, which is something the boys want to use to travel the world. Luca and Alberto are allowed to live in a treehouse owned by Julia's father. Through trials and mishaps, the boys learn about the complicated bonds of love and friendship, that the world is bigger than their dreams, and what really makes a family. Luca harkens viewers back to the halcyon days of youth and self-discovery, when common sense wasn't common. Adventure could be found in the smallest moment, and you and your best friend were the center of your amazing shared universe. The film plays heavy on themes of diversity, acceptance, and inclusion. The sea monsters serve as a metaphor for feeling different or being an outsider, which allows the audience to bring their own identities to the storytelling. But in the end, Luca teaches that only when accepting yourself and allowing others to accept you for who you are, will you truly be able to grow to be your best self. I give Pixar's Luca an emotionally moving nine out of 10. I'm MFG, and that's my two minute rocket review. But don't go anywhere, Geeks on the Go is next. Geeks on the go. Now for more music. That's it? More music? There, there was nothing else you could say? I mean, there was plenty of things I could have said, but music is where it's at. I am Groot. Come and get your love. Oh, wow. <laughs> I sound like painful love. <laughs> once, once again, Mike, like you're singing, there were notes. None of them were the right ones. <laughs> Come and get all right, all right, everybody, you you know the segment we're going to do. I give quick questions, they give quick answers on all things geek, and we make it under a minute, probably about 50% of the time now. Uh, you really got to check that math. I, I, yeah, especially after 239, we, 50% would mean that we did it 160 sometimes. I'm being, I'm, I'm exaggerating, I'm being hyperbolic, what the hell? We call that lying. Yes. and we <laughs> Not, the Republicans call it what? Alternative fact. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Mike, think for a second, but he had It wasn't the first nice word I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I can tell you, you yourself. All right, ready, set, go. Who was the guardian with the most interesting story arc? Mike. The coon. Uh, I mean, the raccoon, that is. Wow. <laughs> Ralph. Mine was a toss-up between uh, Rocket and uh, Nebula. Okay, no, I definitely agree with that. Which song... Would you recommend to be on Peter Quill's Zune, Ralph? I mean, the best song of all. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the oh my gosh. The <laughs> I didn't expect that. <laughs> Mike. 1985, Run DMC. You talk too much. Homeboy, you never <laughs> shut up. The fact that you're saying that is fucking ironic in itself. <laughs> and out of all the defunct DC movie franchises from WB, which franchise would you have kept? As is Ralph. At this point, none of them. I none like, of them? I don't even. I mean, wouldn't Henry, Henry Cavill? I love Henry Cavill, but they fucked that shit up, man. I'm sorry. Mike? Constantine, bitches. <laughs> and once again. They went nowhere with that franchise. I would have definitely, if they brought it right back exactly the way it is. Don't They're, be mad at me. I've never seen it. How have you never seen Constantine? The, the, one, the one Keanu Reeves? Never yeah. seen it. You know they're they're bringing it back. I heard that. I mean, I know they're redoing something, but I just meant like but, he was just asking if it was kept as it is because otherwise 
most of them that are defunct are defunct for a reason. But that one just, I don't know why it didn't go anywhere. It was really I, honestly. I from, honestly forgot that was a, a DC property. Yeah. And and, may, and this is a lot of what ifs and when and if this possibly happened. But if you gave me Ben Affleck's Batman with that middle sequence of Batman v Superman where he's doing that kind of fighting, like from the video game, give me that. But that's not give a franchise. That. That's, that's just a part of a movie that they did right. Make that a franchise. That was as is. Leave it like that. <laughs> yeah, but then you have to get the rest of Affleck in there, which we saw him in the actual Justice League movie. But he know? didn't write it. If he would have wrote it, it would have been different. No. It, it, I mean, Zack Snyder did Zack Snyder things, and and, and, <laughs> and and Joss Whedon did Joss Whedon things to everybody else, and then something up to the movie, too. So if you got a different writer, it could have been a better result. We'll see when we see this Flash movie. All right, you've convinced me. I will write every Batman movie from now on. Okay. He's going to die and Robin keeps taking over. Dick Grayson, please. What? Listen, if, if you know, Dick Grayson comes in and, you know, and starts doing crazy shit and, and, and outshines Batman and comes out of the shadow, you know, who's to say that's wow. not what happens? Oh, goodness. All right. Shout outs, gentlemen. Do we have any shout outs? Um, yes. I would like to shout out. You find mofos right here and say uh, a nice big shout out to the women who brought you to this world for mother's day had just passed and they had to put up with your asses so i was an angel and a gem you know the devil was an angel (laughs) that's true (laughs) i still stick by my statement (laughs) you know that explains why every time he comes into a room the light turns on yeah. He is the light bringer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah flames emit light. Absolutely. <laughs> Mike? No, just anybody out there. Hopefully you have gotten new listeners. I, I would like to make this in more of a pyramid scheme of a podcast. So, oh, you know, here we go. So, no, you know, so you bring in listeners and then you tell them, though, that they have to bring in a thousand listeners in their own until we rule them all. Yeah. And, and, and for you, for bringing a thousand listeners, you get a free T-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it may be one that I'm wearing at the moment. It's, it's a little pitted out, but it it'll it'll be it's yours. It's a little Let's, pitted out. Let's start. You have to work up to the t-shirt. You will get a free part of a sticker. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what do you find out what you have to do to get a sock? <laughs> Dobby found out. Dobby's got a sock. Thank you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. All right. It will be Dobby socks. <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> um, shout out to the usual crew, to um, Tinkerbell, who I recently heard from after um, my cat passed away, because she's like the cat lady. Tinkerbell should be like Tinker Cat, because she has like 12 of them. <laughs> shout out to Tinkerbell. Shout out to... Uh, careful with the word, because Tinker Cat is a software that you would use to design 3D objects. Why would that be a bad thing? No, I'm just saying. This, this thing. Do you think they're going to sue us? Do you think all of the, the workers of Tinkercad are listening in? Yes, Tinkercad. Well, Tinkercad. Oh, CAD. Okay. Well, thank you for listening. Right. Thank you. <laughs> I send them emails all the time. They're like, they love the show. Shout out to South Carolina. Hope you're feeling better. Shout out, shout out to Johannes. Hope to hear from you soon. Johannes. Shout out to Emmett from Marvel. I do appreciate your takes. She always accuses me of ripping her, and I'm not. I enjoy your takes, I just disagree with them. Just saying. South Carolina knows her and I have debated many a times. Um, shout out to Big Kev. Um, Big Daddy Kev. Excuse me. You can't call Big him Big Kev. Kev. And shout out to Joe the Intern, um, wherever the hell you are. And shout out to everybody else who's listened, who's let me know that they're still listening and they're wondering when our next episodes are coming out. So thank you all. And for those who don't let me know, please let me know if you're listening. We love to know this kind of stuff. Yeah. And by the way, do you like our Rocket Reviews? I enjoy doing them because you know why? 
I don't have to listen to these fools. <laughs> it's the Mike show 24 <laughs> seven. Just well, two minutes of me. And I'm so happy. That just sounds dirty as hell. Also. <laughs> Between cybernetic arms and two minutes of me. I mean, this show is almost as dirty as the last show. It'll be my missing. only fan page. Two minutes of me. <laughs> All it's missing is tentacles. <laughs> wow. And on that note, I'm going to bring this to a close. So for Mike, also known as MFG and RT Square, we're off the tech. This is the cap saying, keep it geeky. And yeah, I wouldn't use a Zoom. I probably would have an iPod. iPod. Maybe this all the way. <laughs>